0: Hey, everyone. Welcome to the Port City Podcast. We hope this finds you well. We pray that the Holy Spirit will deepen us through these honest and open conversations. So settle in, take a deep breath, and join us as we continue our series on the good news.
1: one more perspective on the net because thinking that Jesus is talking to the disciples and a lot of them were fishermen and so maybe if i put myself in the perspective of the the disciple what were what were the nets for and what were the fish for that that were caught in the net like that was food and sustenance and it was important that you kept the good ones and got rid of the bad ones because that's how like you couldn't eat the bad ones, you Mm. know, and uh, you only eat the good ones. And, and so I think maybe if, if I'm trying to be a fisherman hearing Jesus give a parable and a metaphor about fishing, like, that's also the last one that he gives too. It, so it, it, it seems like he gives his first two, and then he's like, "All right, maybe I should just talk about fish because that's what these dummies know about is fish." <laughs> and so, so but so but what what do you hear if you're if you're a fisherman hearing him talk about? It? It's like okay, so the, their job of, of a fisherman is to go out, cast a net, catch fish, hope that you're all the fish you're catching are the good kinds, so that one you can like eat, and two so you can like sell them because it's. Mm-hmm it's uh your livelihood. Yeah, it's it's your livelihood and and how you make money and how you provide for your family and stuff. And so so the kingdom of heaven is um like the net cast into the sea and it's catching a ton of fish and it will get full and the bad fish will be taken away so that it's only the good fish. And and that, so I don't I don't we don't have to go far into that and it might just be you know circling back around to the same old thing but it just seemed a little bit a little bit different to me trying to put myself in the sh- in the place of the disciple who's hearing Jesus give a parable that's like meant for them because they oh. were fishermen mm-hmm. and so at that point i think that the net the net is t- a different thing for them even than it is for us and that's what he's saying the kingdom of heaven is like it's like the net you guys used to catch fish especially because after he says that he's he says are you starting to get a handle on this like he's mm-hmm. it feels like he's telling them like I'm gonna give you this one because this is what you know mm-hmm.
0: um that's probably why they were like yeah
1: right it, yeah, but it could have got... been he was like oh yeah yeah we get it now because you used the fish thing and that's what we know yeah, yeah. and they weren't all fishermen but you know like and I know again I'm reading it I'm reading the message version so it's hard to be so picky but the good fish are picked out and put into a tub like they're set apart these are the good ones um and those unfit to eat are thrown away you know so okay we will, will you read what it says kind of in that section unfit to eat in yours when
2: uh when it was full they drew ashore sat down they put the good into baskets but th- threw out the
1: bad um yeah they and i think so eugene peterson is saying that when you're fishing and you throw out the bad fish, I don't think, I think that throwing out the bad fish had to be something that they did all the time. And that's why Jesus is including it in the metaphor. Like throwing out the bad fish is something that the disciples understood as something that you had to do. Mm-hmm. You go catch your yeah. fish, and then when you get in, you've got to separate them. Mm-hmm. That had to be a natural part of it because they understood his metaphor. And so he's like, so if he's saying the kingdom of heaven is like the net and that the bad fish, the ones you can't eat, the ones that you can't use to sell or to feed your family, those are good. So I guess what I'm saying, if we go back to the kingdom of heaven and is it the people in it that you can't eat or that aren't good for sustenance? Or is it or is this like an argument toward the 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 other way you introduce that the parts of us that that are not good for us that can't eat and that don't sustain are the are, is what's removed mm. you know kind of what what origin said
2: yeah yeah i don't know like even um the angels will come out and separate the evil from the righteous and throw them into the furnace of fire like is it the evil people and the righteous people or is it
1: the evil okay and the righteous so this is interesting, and, and again, I kind of hate I'm reading the message now because I don't want to draw lines in the sand based on the paraphrase, but Eugene Peterson keeps, when he, even when he's talking about the angel, he keeps talking about fish. The angels will come in and cull the bad fish and throw them in the garbage. Like, so he's still not talking about people, people. he's still talking about, like, the bad fish. He, he's, at least in Eugene Peterson's thing, he's, it's not... yeah. It's not now that I'm talking about angels and explaining it. I'm switching people to fish. He's still keeping the metaphor strong. Does it? Does it? It says them right there. It doesn't say people. It says them. Throw them into the furnace of fire. Yeah. So if he, if the them is still the fish, then it, I think you still have to. Yeah. Sorry, I feel like this is like a little bit of beating a dead horse, but I think no, it's no, no. An interesting. Well, I think,
2: I think it could be both. I, I don't think that origins perspective, because I think that he would even say. Like there is a purification process for the for the evil one like for the evil person. um this gets into like like a lot a different theological thing, <laughs> but like what the creed says about the return of Christ is that he will come to judge the living and the dead, and it doesn't say like he will come to judge the Christians differently than the ones who were not Christians. Like there is a covering of Christ, but you will still be like, you're either living or you're dead. And there, there's not a, like in the creed, there is not like a separation of the the type of person. Like you will be judged. And so his thing is like either his thing or like people who kind of, Um, study origin would say that those who were christians would receive the judgment as the fire of god as the love of god like when they're in christ there's not like Mm. this like they receive the love of god and then those who were not christians would receive the love of god as a as a burning purification fire because they've rejected the love of god And it would be, like, a painful process for them, essentially, Mm. the weeping and gnashing of teeth. Yeah. But for those who were in Christ would receive it, and there wouldn't be weeping and gnashing of teeth. There would be, like, joy and, you know. Yeah. Like, oh, yes, I, like, have followed the master of my life, and he said, well done, and good and faithful servant. But for the one who's not in Christ, there would be weeping and gnashing of teeth. Like, oh, my gosh, what have I done? Yeah. Yeah. Um, so I think it could, like it could, with this passage particularly, I think it could be both. I think it could be the person and it could be the separation.
1: Someone told me once that like the best way to study the Bible is just to kind of find something like this that trips you up and to like, keep reading it. Keep digging. And and, and even just tonight, it feels like the more I read it, the more something stuck out about like, Mm. oh, he's talking about nets to fishermen. So they understood it in a separate way. And so... And I do think the point of this podcast is not necessarily to answer questions. It's more to bring them up. So mm-hmm. I'm at peace with yeah. finally, I mean, I'm the one that prolonged it, but we can, we can move on Yeah. and, uh, hopefully we can just help any listener out there who's either had the questions about this before or now because of us ask questions about it that, um, you know, we can let, we can let the, the, the listener, you know, read and study over it and, uh. But it's at least interesting and I feel clarity on it a little bit, but just as much mystery, but like an encouraging mystery. Like I kind of, yeah. I feel like with time and effort here that one day I can, uh, maybe get a grasp. So, yeah.
0: Um, I do think like I know almost every time I leave, I'm like, I'm kind of the same with you. Like I feel like I've learned something new or like thought mm-hmm. about something differently. Um, and I think I've felt the same with, um, I'm meeting with a friend and we're going through James. Um, and it's cool to see like what the Lord reveals to us separately. Mm -hmm. But then when we come together and like talk about it, like we feel like something else is revealed or like, well, what if this means this? And like, oh, this could mean this. And like the Lord is revealing things like as we're feeding off of each other. And so I think it's just an encouragement too like for any listener out there who does have questions or like read something in scripture that is confusing like get with some of your friends and just like talk about it like mm. and like pray before or ask the Lord to reveal um something like as you who all have the same spirit dwelling within you yeah are just talking about it and you may not like we are tonight we may not come like, away with a conclusion, but like Garrett was saying, like, I'm, some of the things we talked about or what I feel like the Lord was revealing, like, was sweet and new, yeah. and I hadn't yeah. thought about it before, and it's because we all kind of, like, fed off of each other, which is really cool.
2: Yeah. Uh, the Bible has been written, the canon is closed, but heaven is not silent. Yeah. Um, Like heaven is still speaking to us and god uses us reading the scriptures studying the scriptures to like let heaven speak to us and yeah. like we're a part of that are with us bearing the spirit of god in us we're able to have conversations and be revealed things about the scriptures that like might not be super plain to us in one moment but then right. in another moment be i heard this quite great quote um about uh this kind of like what we talk about in god like you in the bridge um mm. cast at the There there is a nun that was praying for a spiritual director because like if you're if you're a, in a convent or whatever you're a nun or a monk you like have to have a sub a spiritual director or somebody over you and you know, that guides you or whatever. Mm. And so she was praying for who she wanted her spiritual director to be. And she said that Jesus told her that it was this one guy. Uh, he's like a bishop or whatever. So she goes to him and he says, okay, if Jesus really told you that I'm supposed to be your spiritual director, go pray again and ask him what the last sin I committed was. And she's like, Okay. And uh so she goes, she prays, and she comes back. Tax fraud. (laughs) Yes. Yeah. (laughs) And she comes back and he she says, uh, Okay, he told me. Um he he goes, like, Did you ask Jesus? And she said, Yeah. He said, Did he give you an answer? She said, Yeah. He was like And she said he said, What did he say? And she said, He doesn't remember. Oh. Isn't that great?
0: Oh man!
1: And now as the band comes up, I just <laughs> yeah. Now as <it's> the band, <laughs> <laughs> dang, yeah. isn't that awesome? Yeah, that's cool. Yeah, let's all go to Matthew eighteen, specifically verse twenty three, and I want to give some um, a little bit of context of where we are. So Matthew seventeen is like when Jesus takes uh, Peter and James and John up to the mountain, and they see uh, they see uh, Moses and Elijah.
2: Yo, are we talking about transfiguration, <laughs>
1: and then and then they come down at the mountain. And they're met by a crowd of people waiting. Um, and so this is kind of why we're why we're at the crowd of people at the bottom of the mountain. Because chapter 18 says, starts with, at about the same time, and then the disciples uh, ask God, or, yeah, ask Jesus a question um, about who gets the highest rank in God's kingdom. So we'll come back to that as far as the who is the kingdom of God for. And then we get over to 20, I don't know, I don't have the verses, you know. But, uh, but this is where we get the, uh, how many times, uh, do I have to forgive? So I'll start there. At that point, Peter got up the nerve to ask master, how many times do I forgive a brother or sister who hurts me? Seven. And Jesus replied, seven hardly. Try a 70 times seven. <laughs> I love that. Seven. <laughs> uh, the kingdom of God is like a king who decided to square accounts with his servants. As he got underway, one servant was brought before him who had run up a debt of $100,000. He couldn't pay up, so the king ordered the men, along with his wife, children, and goods, to be auctioned off at the slave market. The poor wretch threw himself at the king's feet and begged, give me a chance and I'll pay it back. Touched by his plea, the king let him off, erasing the debt. Mm. The servant was no sooner out of the room when he came upon his fellow servants who owed him $10. $10. He seized him by the throat and demanded, pay up now. The poor wretch threw himself down and begged, give me a chance and I'll pay it all back. But he wouldn't do it. He had him arrested and put in jail until the debt was paid. When the other servants saw this going on, they were outraged and brought a detailed report to the king. The king, let me just re-add, is the kingdom of heaven. The king summoned the man and said, you evil servant, I forgave your entire debt when you begged me for mercy. Shouldn't you be compelled to be merciful to your fellow servant who asked for mercy? Mm. The king was furious and put this screws to the man until he paid back his entire debt. And that's exactly what my father in heaven is going to do to each one of you who doesn't forgive unconditionally anyone who asks for mercy. <laughs> that's crazy. <laughs> Sometimes hey, Jesus bro, is just hard right. rock. Like yeah. Yeah. drop. Punk rock. Yeah. Uh,
2: the, the danger in this is reading that in what I feel like a lot of kind of evangelical West thinking is, as you read that and you're like, that's how God sees you Mm. every time. And that they just like read directly in, into it and do a one-to-one every situation. Yeah. Comparison where it's like God, well, first of all, you could say in this, if you do a one-to-one thing that God is um, like approving of, Um, slavery, that God is approving of selling your, you know, children and your wife into slavery, you know, like, if you read this literally, like, I feel like a lot of folks do, um, you can have him justify pretty terrible things. There's a a bit where he tortures him in here, you know.
0: That he's an angry tyrant. Right. Yeah.
2: Right. So the danger in, like, not actually really breaking this down and thinking about it of what Jesus is really trying to say here, like you can very easily justify pretty horrible things.
1: Yeah, I also feel like knowing what we know about Peter, it kind of feels like Peter probably was kind of bummed by the answer because yeah, Peter's yeah. like, "All right, do I have to forgive him what seven times? <laughs> like, <laughs> <laughs> do I have to like?" He he was kind of saying like, "So I can forgive him seven times and then like we're all good." Like right. it's just right, you know yeah. what I mean. It's like how many times do I have to do this? Um. So again obviously this is a uh, pretty typical of me to bring up, but uh, I think that um, Mackie in a Bible project video, or might've been John, one of them talked about how um, um, that the, the idea that uh, there are uh, like Pharisees in the crowd when he's telling, when he's giving mm-hmm. this. And so he's kind of saying that like the servant is like, the Pharisee because they um, are the ones who are kind of harsh on the subjects wherever. And he's, he's also kind of trying to expose the fact that the kingdom of heaven is here to. Uh, so, okay. I, I will say it's multifaceted. Like the point of this is to talk about forgiveness and he talks about how like um, the, the importance of it, but then we get, an insight on the kingdom of heaven within the story of forgiveness, that the kingdom of heaven is a place where there is grace and mercy and like forgiveness of, of, I guess, debt, sin, whatever. Mm. But then I think, it, cause it, there's the middle part. is not about the kingdom of heaven. Like he gets off, like, I will say, I guess the point I'm trying to make is the Matthew, like the other Matthew stuff we were reading yeah. was like, an, like a actual straightforward parables teaching on the kingdom of heaven this is not this is a teaching on forgiveness but we get inside on the kingdom of heaven because there's a part in the middle where he's just addressing like the servant or or the whatever the 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 middle person who gets forgiven that then goes yeah. and and doesn't show the same mercy to right. the other person so we have extra stuff here but um so let's let's for the sake of this podcast and, and series if we can, not focus too much on the forgiveness aspect, but what does this parable teach us about the kingdom of heaven Mm -hmm. specifically? John, why don't you read it? That way we can get a non-message version.
2: For this reason, the kingdom of heaven may be compared to a king who wished to settle accounts with his slaves. When he began the reckoning, scary, when he began the reckoning, one who owed him 10,000 talents was brought to him. And as he could not pay, his lord ordered him to be sold together with his wife and children and all his possessions and payment to be made. So the slave fell on his knees before him, saying, Have patience with me, and I will pay you everything. And out of pity for him, the lord of that slave released him and forgave forgave him the debt. But that same slave, as he went out, came upon one of his fellow slaves, who who owed him a hundred denarii. And seizing him by the throat, he said, Pay what you owe. Then his fellow slave fell down and pleaded with him, Have patience with me, and I will pay you. But he refused. Then he went and threw him into prison until he would pay the debt. When his fellow slaves saw what, he, what had happened, they were greatly distressed, and they went and reported to their lord all that had taken place. Then his lord summoned him and said to him, You wicked slave, I forgave you of all that debt because you pleaded with me. Should you not have mercy on your fellow slave as I have had mercy on you? And in anger, his Lord handed him over to be tortured until he could pay his entire debt. So my heavenly father will also do to every one of you if you do not forgive your brother or sister from your heart. This reminds me of a little bit of the parable of the, um, uh, vineyard and the uh, gardener, where the master of the vineyard comes out and says, Chop that tree down. But the gardener comes in and says, Now just please have patience, give it time.